Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. This is an RNZ podcast. Okay, everyone, welcome. This support group is for people who are so woke that they are finding it impossible to have any fun at all. We have somebody new with us this week, so would you like to introduce yourself? Well, my name is Kadambri Raghukumar, but this is a clip from the BBC making a parody, of course, on the woke phenomenon. Uh, hi, I'm Oscar. Uh, I think like a lot of you guys, for me, it started with the little things. Signing an online petition, going to a march. Well, I mean, before I knew it, I was, I was writing to The Guardian about LGBT representation in the Harry Potter books. Which is shocking, by the way. All right, Lily, we've all read your blog. Don't worry, Oscar, you've come to the right place. So it's been a few years since the Black Lives Matter movement brought the term woke into mainstream and popular use. But 2023, and here we are with still room to talk about how a word borrowed from African-American vernacular English, or AVE, came to be adopted, some will say co-opted, and so far removed in context and geography from its origins that even its connotation is contestable these days, leaning towards pejorative even. All of the young people in this room are ruining their lives by being overly virtuous. That's actually a microaggression to say young people because it carries subconscious bias towards the elderly. Actually, what you're doing is denying agency to the elderly, which is arguably much worse. This, this is what I'm talking about. You see, it's a slippery slope. Welcome to The Voices podcast. Woke, stay woke was a black American watchword in the racial justice movements going back to the mid-1900s in America. Staying conscious and aware of the oppression around became literally a matter of life and death, and staying woke became an operative word in everyday use. Here in New Zealand, Romania-born Andrea Kalade, a linguist at Waikato University, decided to look into the widespread social media use of the hashtag WokeAsFuck, WokeAF, with some of her students this year. And in this episode of Voices, I'm looking at how the word woke has morphed over all these decades. It's being used by people from both sides, if you want, of the spectrum, people who are kind of standing up and saying, I'm proud to be woke and to be aware of what's going on. Um, but then there's people who are using it kind of to suppress that voice and to sort of say, oh, look at these woke people trying to shut us down and, and trying to take down free speech. And now, pre- and post-election here in New Zealand, the war on woke, the weaponizing of woke, woke everything is up for debate again. Deputy Prime Minister and New Zealand First Leader Winston Peters on his definition. You pledged to, quote, end woke, uh, woke virtue signalling uh, in policies. Can you explain what that means and how you'll go about that? Yeah, woke means like a lot of you, you woke up yesterday thinking no more than the rest of us and you've got a more racist, uh, sense of 
greater sense of conscience about these issues, for example, particularly the Māori world. I'm running into a whole lot of Māori who were never there at the start, never known what it was to fight against the, the former governments, bring land cases and go to the wire without the funding to make sure you won and after 16 years finally win. And to see somebody like Finna Cooper at one of those protests and saying, I know what I'll do, I'm going to have a Māori land march. I was at the beginning of all those things based on the law not some new fangled view of how the Treaty of Waitangi fits. That's than what work means to me. But it's broader than So, from being a black American watchword for racial injustice to a total disassociation from these roots to pretty much a catch-all word now. So it starts out as this verb, then it start, then it moves into kind of social awareness, and then. It comes out of the racial kind of corner, if you like, and it talks about um, being aware not just of kind of um, Black Lives Movement um, concerns, but bigger than that to engulf other like gender and sexual um, uh, issues as well. So awareness of any kind of power imbalance and marginalisation by any groups in society. And then we see a shift again, whereby more recently work has become this kind of almost pejorative word that the the um, extreme right are now using to kind of use almost as an insult to accuse kind of the left um, or um, or I, I guess those groups that are concerned with marginalisation rights and so on um, to accuse them of kind of um, impinging on their free speech and so we see an again another um shift in meaning and that for some it's actually a almost like a, a criticism and an insult um and certainly we see this kind of shift in our data when we, we analyze 10 years worth of um twitter posts um which which have this hashtag this woke self-loathing and we will never let the woke left take it away it's because they're putting woke ideology to a woke mob that can't even tell you clips from recent u.s political debates there the phrase stay woke popped up in 1938 as part of a song by a protest blues singer led belly in which he advises black people to stay woke in the light of racially motivated threats and attacks in about the 1940s, the the verb started to be used in a slightly novel um, way, and um, it started to um, link to ideas of not just being not asleep, but actually um, having a kind of um, a moment of awakening where you're starting to realize something that maybe you didn't know before. And so, the Negro United Mine Workers in the 1940s. Um, launched a strike in the state of West Virginia talking about um, trying to fight for discriminatory pay. So they realized that their white counterparts were paid more. Um, and one of their leaders, who's an um, African-American vernacular English speaker, declared, we were asleep, but we, we will stay woke from now on. I invited Ira Munn to the podcast to give me more background to the words past. Ira's African-American, a former history teacher and an entrepreneur now who's called New Zealand home for a few years. He grew up in the 80s on the west coast of America and he tells me it was through music that this phrase made a solid comeback into mainstream. Yeah, well, um, I, I, was, I was born in 1979 at a UCLA hospital. So born and raised in L.A., uh, 
lived with my mother and I, and, and um, you know, we were there in Los Angeles till I went to college, UC Santa Barbara. And I later, uh, a few years after college and working as a youth care counselor, eventually started um, teaching high school, U.S. history, world history, economics, and government. Now, growing up in the 80s, um, I was exposed to a lot of the music of the time, you know, and, and you know, there were kind of four artists that that stuck out at that time. You had Michael Jackson, Prince, Lionel Richie, and Stevie Wonder. Those, those were my four growing up. Um, there were artists before them that spoke on what was happening in society before hip hop even. And, and, you know, when you take a look at, you know, artists such as Nina Simone, so you know when we're when we're talking about these these artists, um, you know these individuals came from a legacy of struggle. Being awake, I think, is something that's not going away anytime soon. It's been I think it's been entrenched in um, uh, Western culture now, especially with this um, this uh, woke movement, which. Um, you know, has its has its roots and origins that people may not be aware of. So I'm I'm glad that we're chatting about it. So the hashtag woke as fuck and the woke movement many may think is a new thing, a post-2014 phenomenon after the Black Lives Matter movement began, but it really was popularized in the 80s. And um, there was a song by Prince. They woke. Don't you close your eyes. And basically, that was a actual social consciousness song. Like there's conscious artists that came after Prince, like, you know, Tali Kwali and Common and, and a lot of rappers that really spoke about the political times and the and the social situations that we're dealing with as African Americans. But Prince, when he came out with that song, he was saying the same thing. And um, and some people might have caught on to what he was saying. Some people may not have. But, um, but the idea of woke was he was symbolizing as to be aware of what's going on around you. Don't sleep. Be aware of what your surroundings are and to learn and to grow and to develop and to not be subjugated by the systems that are oppressing Black people in particular was his focus, stay woke. You know, you have folks that might not realize Prince's contribution to the popularizing of the idea of being woke. He was actually leveraging this idea of being awake for people to identify what's around them so that they can have a better future. From your point of view, Andre, how how does this happen? How does a word morph from something like that that's you know, deeply social and political into pop culture and then further on into the usage of the language amongst people that have nothing to do with that history? Yeah, absolutely. It's really, really interesting how that happens. And um, it's fascinating to hear Ira talk about um, its use in music and there's other cultural realms as well where it, it was used. So, uh, for example, in 1962 is 
kind of the Oxford English Dictionary um, mention of it first being written down to mean social consciousness in that way by in an article by William Melvin Kelly. This was an essay that was published in the New York Times, and the the title of the essay was If You're Woke and You Dig It. Um, and then 1972, we have the author Barry Beckham um, publishing a play, Garvey Lives, that also mentions the word woke in that sense. And so you can see the pop culture elements sort of springing up in various places in the written world, the music world. And, of course, language is the ultimate cultural artefact, right? So language is a carrier of exactly the kinds of things that Ira's talking about, sort of the the awarenesses and norms and commentary to what is going on in society. And it's not just about the ideas, but also um, there's an ongoing commentary on kind of how we think about the ideas, how we package them. So um, language is, is democratic in, in a way, in the sense that when, when ideas gain importance, um, then they get amplified and then they get shared outside particular regional or um, or ethnic varieties and, and they get kind of put into the mainstream, if you like. And so um, when when that current sort of sweeps through, we get this increase in use. And of course, social media hashtags are linguistic proof of how far and wide a word gets adopted and adapted, which is what Andre's research is all about. If you want to look at language um, change, looking at intensifiers is a really good corner of the system. Um, to look to look out for new uh, innovations. So, um, so it, it, it's a really interesting and fascinating opportunity to study, you know, how norms in society have changed, and how, for example, you know, if we go back to those early 1940s example examples, what were might have been the concerns of a particular group in society have now become really wide societal um, concerns for everybody. Um, regardless of gender, sexuality or race. You know, for us looking at language, it's always a privilege to look at how language is changing and what it's really telling us about where society's going, what the norms are, what are people caring about, what is the burning issue today? And, and language is a great barometer for that. Big thanks to Ira Mann and Andrea Kalode for talking to me on this Voices episode. My name is Kadhan Riragukumar and every week I talk to people from all around the world who live here in New Zealand. Today's episode of the podcast was mixed by Blair Stagpole and you can follow Voices on all your favourite podcast platforms for more conversations like these. My name is Kadhan Thanks for listening. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.